Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Boostly podcast. We're actually going live out on Facebook if you're listening in to the audio or if you're on the YouTube. This is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics and the training and the confidence on how you can get more direct bookings. So my name is Liam Carolan and I'm Mark Simpson's co-host. Today, we're going behind the host, which is the mini series where we look dive into a successful and interesting short-term rental host and their business. We're going to be asking some questions and really extracting the, the juicy information which you can then take within your business and implement and just hear about general success stories and, and things which are interesting to other hosts. So today we're actually going behind the behind the host with Stephanie Figueros uh, from Alora Hosting. Uh, welcome along, Stephanie. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having me, Liam. Happy to be here. I'm I'm happy to happy to have you here. I know we've spoke before in the past about the websites. I know you've just as we record this, you've you've had your speaking gig at STR Nations, which is amazing. So I'm really excited to dive into your business and I'm not going to spoil anything for people listening in. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So first question is is who is Stephanie? Where are you in the world and what do you love most about hosting? Yep. So um I'm Stephanie Trigueros. Um I am from Southern California, specifically um, Banning or the Inland Empire. It's about two hours east of LA. Actually, if you're going to Joshua Tree or Palm Springs, I am the last piece of civilization before the desert. So <laughs> that's usually how um, people are able to find out where exactly I am. Um, and the best part um, about hosting for me, um, it's I'm a registered nurse turned real estate investor, entrepreneur, and the satisfaction that I get from hosting guests is pretty much the same as what I used to get from um, taking care of patients and seeing them go home. Except this time, they're going on vacation, and it's so much nicer because we're starting at usually around a 10 instead of a 2. And um, all we got to do is maintain those expectations and go above and beyond. So that's something that I really love about hosting. Awesome. And so quite a natural progression from looking after people in one sense to looking after people, you know, as a hospitable sense. So um, yeah. Where are your properties? Um, how many of the properties are you looking after? And uh, what kind of model do you use? Um, so right now, um, as far as running or managing, I'm at eight. Um, California, Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. Um, I have a mix of houses that I own, houses that I partner on, and then houses that I co-host for. Um, the ones that I co-host for are actually um, out here in California currently. Um, and the ones that I own and partner on are the ones that are in Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. I'm looking to um, expand into other areas or markets as well. Um, but um, the cool thing is doing it once with one state or one market, um, you can easily apply that to a different so market. So I think that's kind of a little bit um, special, especially being on the West Coast when the majority of my properties are on the East Coast. I mean, we'll definitely dive into some questions around that because that's that's thrown up more questions than than what we 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 what I had originally. But when it comes down to the model that you use, you mentioned that you've actually got a couple of things going on there. So there's properties that that you're partnered on, but you also do co-hosting as well. Why have you decided to go into those two different models? Is there is there reasons that you've decided to go in those two different models? And um, how did you get started? In which one came first? Uh, I honestly think a lot of it was just the natural progression. I started with my own properties. Um, I actually started with arbitrage first, um, kind of accidentally while I was looking to purchase. Um, so I don't have that arbitrage anymore, but that was kind of um, my proof of concept of being able to to host and, and to do this before I dove in and just started putting money back into a down payment. 
But then I started running out of uh, my DTI or my, um, for, yeah, debt to service ratio um, or debt to income ratio, it was getting maxed out. So in order for me to continue to acquire, um, I, it started to be where people noticed what I was doing with my own properties and wanted to participate, but didn't want to do all the work and wanted to do it with me. So that led to joint venturing. Um, and then eventually I had other people who wanted me to run their properties for them. Um, and at the time I didn't have the bandwidth to be able to, to do it successfully and to do it well. But now that I've built that bandwidth in that system, um, now we're into co-hosting as well, um, while also continuing to acquire our own personal deals. So, um, but we pretty much just treat everybody's properties as if it's ours. And that's, I guess that's the cool part of it too. They get to pretty much be the hands-off part of it. Um, and whatever we use for our own operations, we just apply it to their properties. That's really cool. And I think one of the things that you've mentioned there, which is just so important, is that starting with arbitrage with for, for the English or for the UK and, and European listeners, that's kind of rent to rent or rent to service accommodation, depending on rent to short-term rentals, depending on how you look at it. And uh, it's one of those things where you can really, what we term cut your teeth on, you can really practice hosting, doing hospitality. And like you say, when people see you're then successful doing that, they'll then say, hey, actually, I need my property managed. And you've already learned them skills. It's, a, it's kind of like boot camp, isn't it, a lot of the time? And I know people who have scaled up big arbitrage businesses and things like that. But often I find that it's a great uh, low barrier to entry to the market to be able to get yourself cash flowing and test out some of the skills and get used to hosting, which is, is amazing. So take me back to before you got into hospitality. You mentioned you were a nurse, but how did what was the moment where you went, hey, do you know what? I'm going to switch nursing for hospitality. Take us up to that moment. And was it started just by yourself or was there, uh, you know, sort of other people involved? Sure. Um, so for me, I left the hospital during the pandemic. I think I hit a light bulb moment in the hospital that this wasn't going to be what the rest of my life looks like. Um, I've been a nurse for about eight years now. Um, and I think just hitting that pandemic level really just put the lit the fire. So I decided I wanted to create a life by my own design. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but found that real estate was really the best vehicle and to be able to have that flexibility, time, freedom that I truly wanted. So I took a position to work from home while I learned how to do real estate investing as a nurse. And then at that point, uh, my boyfriend and I, we do this together, um, pretty much just learned everything we could through podcasts, YouTube videos, reading, um, and Short-term rentals, just, I, for whatever reason, I just felt like this is, I really like the travel aspect of it. It really fit into the lifestyle I wanted to live. So I, that's, I just was like, this has to be it. Um, but funny enough, my first in-person meetup um, in California, everyone told me to not do short-term rentals. And it was, it was because nobody was really doing it, at least where I lived. And so it wasn't until I kind of expanded my horizons and I came full circle after diving into other different strategies and, re and real estate, um, mobile home flipping, wholesaling, none of them those really panned out. Cause for me, it was just like, I'm gonna make it work with short-term rental investing. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. And eventually it led to why I do long distance real estate investing. And now I'm, I, it was the one thing I was so scared of doing um, just because of that, you're not next to your property. But now I feel like it is one of the best things to do is to get outside of your own neighborhood because now it's like everything is possible. And I think that's kind of what that taught me. So 
And how does it feel now you've got your hospitality business kind of set up and this it's really, you know, sort of going along uh, fast, you're growing. And what would you say looking back was the steps or the wow moments which really have kind of cemented where you are now and, and your your sort of growth sort of acceleration? I think it was when I started traveling a lot to go to my properties where it became a workation, so to speak. And it's like the... I get to do this. This is actually um, like work. This is a tax write-off for me, but I also get to enjoy it. That was the big game changer for me or really when I was like the solidified that I'm really doing this for my livelihood. And I did not think that was possible as a nurse because when you go to school for nursing, all you're doing is that's all you get the degree for. So learning how to translate those skill sets into real estate as well as hosting um, and being able to travel and do it um, with the lifestyle that I wanted to live, it just mind blowing, <laughs> but it's real. It's awesome. And it shows in your passion, you know, it really comes through and it's exciting to see that it is possible. I mean, there'll be people listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube who are now considering getting into hospitality. And I was similar situation to yourself where I knew I wanted to do something different but I didn't realize the possibilities of of what hospitality allows you to do. And also the days, like you say, are quite varied. You know, it depends on your business and the style of it, but you get to go to some of these places and, and like you say, it's a tax write-off, which is cool. So what is your day-to-day role in your business at the moment? Is there anybody else, uh, you know, partnered or is there anybody else on your team who helps you as well? Sure. So um, we've evolved a little bit. I used to kind of be the I wore every single hat (laughs) for the most part between my boyfriend and myself. I did more so of the operations, acquisitions. Um, He kind of helped on the back end with um, maintaining our bookkeeping financial aspect um, and keeping attention to that. But now with Allure Hosting, um, I partnered with two of our really good friends, um, one that's an awesome marketer um, actually for Google. Um, and then another, um, you've met him, Omar, that's, um, he's a CPA for commercial, um, commercial assets. So, um, partnering with them on growing this, my role has kind of evolved into, I've taught what I know about the operations aspect. And because I've worn all the hats, I know pretty much every aspect of what we do on the marketing side, the operations, hiring, um, maintaining, and so on and so forth. Um, but now I kind of do more on the acquisitions end and I oversee um, like all of our virtual assistants um, and make sure that everything is go- moving forward in each each lane. They all have, everybody has their own departments. Um, I'm kind of like that backdrop of it to make sure that it's going smoothly. Um, and then when it comes to questions um, on all aspects of the business, I'm usually that go-to person just because I have worn that hat for a while with multiple properties while I was still working at the time. So, yep, that's kind of where I am at this point. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot co dot UK forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. 
I mean, that's awesome to hear that you've now grow, you know, as you say, you've taken on virtual assistants, you've got people with individual responsibilities, which, which is really cool stuff. Is there any advice you'd have for somebody who's now going through the stage where they're still wearing all those hats? What would you say is the first thing they should start considering getting off their plate? And uh, how would you recommend that they do it? Would you recommend like partnering, getting VA, employing somebody locally? What would your advice be around that? The easiest one for me was what did I really not like doing? <laughs> um, so the first one I outsourced for sure was bookkeeping for me and um, making sure I had a really good CPA. But I'd say starting with the part, there's different aspects of delegation. They say there's, there's delete, automate, and delegate. So I kind of went through that funnel, um, came to the point where I don't like doing the, the clerical minutia of the day-to-day. -day. It's necessary. It has to be done, but I didn't like it. So Doing the bookkeeper out first was um, the first thing I did to outsource. Um, and then when I started partnering, I started finding people that were really good at things that I either did not know that well about, or I, and I just knew it at a very average baseline. So partnering with people who knew stuff more in a specific category, and then things that I didn't like to do, but somebody else was really good at, I just was like, okay, this is, why don't we do this together then? And that's kind of what happened within our, our partnership. And then outsourcing what I really didn't like with virtual assistants. And, and that, not that they were bad things. I just, I felt like I could, I could do more than just, you know, sitting behind a computer, you know, on Excel and doing that. I was like, this can't be it. I need to figure out how to be able to have somebody else that would be happy to do this. And I can do the more complicated tasks instead, which I like to do. I like that. So the the kind of idea behind it is find the stuff you don't like first and get rid of them one by one off the list to somebody else. And you mentioned there was delete. Um, what what was the the three things you mentioned there? Delete. Um, oh, um, it, delete, automate, and delegate. Nice. So the idea is, can you get rid of the job? Can you, you know, get it to some sort of automation? PMS does cover a lot of things these days. So does all the plugin software. And then if not delegate it and you need somebody obviously to delegate it to VA, you know, somebody else who works in the business, which is cool. Um, there's one across here in the UK, which is talking about where you can delegate it. Um, you can delay some tasks and then if not, you have to do it. So looking at the <laughs> three Ds across it. So that's what it reminded me of. Is there any pieces of tech that you've used in your business that has helped you to grow and um, how and why do you use it? Um, the one that has stood out to me the most that I'm like, why did I know about this sooner? Um, Asana, which is a project manager software and it's free. There's different ones. There's monday.com, um, ClickUp's another one. Um, but Asana has been a huge game changer um, within my personal life and also uh, on the business aspect on keeping me on track with the tasks that I need to get done today versus tomorrow um, or next week. Asana is the, is the big tech piece that is now like my favorite thing <laughs> to use and I use it all the time. I love that. And I mean, Asana is one which is so popular with people and there's often people in, in one of the two camps, isn't there? There's Trello versus Asana. Yeah. <laughs> there's, um, for, for me, I was in the Trello camp for a long time. I have tried to use Asana, that's, that's not for me, but just having one of these management softwares which will just allow you to track the tasks, the stuff that needs to be done is so important. And one which I've recently started using is, is ClickUp and I've found that oh. to be absolutely amazing. So um, one that integrates well. We had a guest on recently who was talking about monday.com. So 
it seems to be a common feature that if if you can as a host and you know sort of use these management softwares people tend to use these and are more successful it's easier to track all the stuff which goes on as a host isn't there so that's really cool so you mentioned earlier on that you started with arbitrage and you've now got the kind of co-hosting model as well what would you say is the key differences that you picked up from those two models and what is the benefit of what you do now versus the arbitrage, um, especially for the people who are listening, who may be considering, you know, they do an arbitrage at the moment, they might be considering co-host. What advice could you, you share with them? So it, it's funny because we're very much open, even with Allure hosting. Co-hosting is our primary, but when we talk to any potential clients, um, as real estate investors, we're problem solvers. And I think that's kind of the difference with us. Uh, because we're open and I, I tell this to people whenever I do consults is um, we might even, if you're looking for stable income, maybe we'll co-host from you then. I mean, um, arbitrage or master lease, if that's kind of what they want. Just because um, the hosting side of it is the same, whether you own it, co-host it, or arbitrage it. So we open that avenue up whenever we talk to anybody, as well as if they're just trying to get rid of it, um, we might even just buy it from them too, just because that's also... Um, we kind of embed it in our model, but why I would do arbitrage like versus co-hosting, I guess it depends on two things. One, the goals of who we're helping. And two, if it does make sense with that particular market in that particular house. Um, some things, for example, if it's like I have a nine bedroom in Orlando, this is one I actually partner on. I would not arbitrage that property just because that has... Um, so many um, expenses and it's, it just wouldn't make sense with the numbers and with the running parts the same, but with arbitrage, I wouldn't do that type of property, but I would co-host for somebody because it is so intensive on the operations piece. It would make sense both for, I think, the person that we're trying to help and ourselves to co-host and partner on with it versus taking on all of it as if we were the tenants. Um, like that's in the, that's what it, it is with arbitrage. So I really think it just depends on the deal, the market, and the type of house that you're going for. If arbitraging makes more sense versus co-hosting, but being open to both, um, you really can't go wrong with. And I think it just depends on who you're trying to help because if they want that stability aspect of it and they don't want to kind of participate in the highs and lows of the seasonality of it and they're okay not having as big of a margin, um, arbitrage makes more sense. But if they're looking just to, they want to have the same, the benefits and they're willing to kind of go up and down with you, then co-hosting makes sense. And either way, it's a win-win for myself and for them. I think that's a really great explanation for it. I've never really looked at it like that. That is it's solving the problem based on the person you're, you're giving the service to, isn't it? And with co-hosting, it is uh, their risk, their reward with arbitrage is our risk, our, our reward, isn't it? So it, it kind of, it's kind of a great kind of system. And like you say, being that flexible and also offering potential on the right property to be able to purchase as well, just gives you a lot of, um, a lot of different avenues to, to help your, your potential client. So is there any tactics that you've used to either attract bookings, you know, when you're marketing, uh, where do you market first of all? And is there any tactics that you currently use that you found that work really well in your business? It's something that we're continuously exploring, but right now we're mainly um, past guests who we really would love to have back. Uh, we've been kind of um, emailing them, doing some return specials, giving them a discount um, if they book with us direct. 
Um, we've also have used, um, we use Touch Day. It's our host guide, um, which we share with all of our guests. And there is a aspect there. If they were to rebook with us, they could book direct instead. Facebook groups have been another um, marketing strategy that we've been using that seems to work pretty well. A lot of people are looking to book. So it's um, these are warm people that want a place to stay. And a lot of them, if they, they can kind of vouch, it's a little bit more, less of a veil. They can do a lot more research and they can, there's more communication. So uh, Facebook groups has been another one. Being able to just to share the site um, with pretty much anybody, friends, family. It's like if you know somebody who wants to vacation in any of these places, you know, check us out on our direct site and feel free to pass it on. That's kind of been our other one, the word of mouth with people that we know. That's cool. You've got lots of sort of feathers in the in the cap there, haven't you, for, for different ways that you can do that. that. The one thing I've got to mention, obviously, just before the call, we checked out, you've just had your new website done. You know, we're, we're pleased to say you're a boosterly client for the website and uh, that you've got your direct booking website. So like you say, the benefit of doing that is that you can share that link with past guests, friends, family. You can add it to Touch Day where you're more likely to get people to come back and book direct. Um, we actually had the marketing officer from Touch Day on the podcast earlier on today, which was cool. And just listening into the feature set and how they can help you get more direct bookings afterwards. That seems like a really solid way um, of, of getting more direct bookings, which is cool. So you mentioned that there you've got property sort of on the East Coast, you're, you're based on the West Coast. Has there been any challenges when it comes down to managing from afar? And if there hasn't been challenges around that, has there been any other sort of moments in the business where you go, do you know what, this is tough. I need to find a solution to this. Um, For us, it's, I think we've been really blessed because we do, we make really good relationships with our vendors. Um, we try to go a little bit more than just a transactional piece. I really make the effort to really get to know who is at, who, who are boots on the ground, how they are um, outside of just simply, uh, you know, did you, you know, is a house ready to go? I, I try to go beyond that, just that veil. And I think it helps because the communication is a lot better. And with that being said, problems that we've had arisen, for example, I had a back door that was completely shattered <laughs> and we had a same day back-to-back check-in. And I think because of how well we, or how good of a relationship we had with our cleaner, um, she took it upon herself to really go out and find a replacement door. And that is not normal. Most uh, vendors, it's kind of like you look for it, you let us know when you have it. Um, but this particular cleaner, for example, um, she'll go on Facebook Marketplace, she'll go to garage sales. I think she just likes to shop, but <laughs> she'll find it for for me instead of me having to go for it. So really having um, solid vendors and I'll go before I hire, I think there's a saying too about this, um, slow to hire, quick to fire, for example. Um, I've been really lucky. I don't really have to let go of many of my vendors at all, just because we are usually very stringent when we first hire them. And we really make sure that when we go, and I think this is kind of the big difference between something that you're close to something versus something that you're far away from. You're going into their neighborhood, their system, and their way of doing things. I think a lot of mistakes um, investors or hosts that will make is that they'll put their, how they do things onto the other person. So whenever I interview a cleaner, for example, I don't ask them, I don't tell them how I want it done. I simply ask them, how do you normally do this? What is your standard cleaning process? And I listen to see if that is something that will fit me. 
And if it doesn't, that's totally fine. There'll be another person that I can go to. And so by letting go of that sense of control and allowing you know, them to do what they do best and seeing if I'm good with that, it's a little bit backwards than I think what most people are used to. So I think that's really, really helped with out-of-state vendors or people far, far away when it comes to having any issues because the expectations are already solved up front. I already know that this is how they do it. And if I'm not good with it, that's on me to to make a change than it is for them to do something differently than what their their normal standard process is. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint and uh, we'll see you on the other side. You know, I think that's such a top tip that is because you're, you're effectively listening out for the right people based on what they're doing as opposed to how often do, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll go in there like a steam train going, can you do this, 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 and this? Whereas by asking them, you're, you're basically coaching them on or, or listening in on on are they saying the right things are they going to be spotting the stuff that you'd spot that's going to be important to your guests and to your company so yeah that is a really top tip to when especially when managing further away because you know you've got to trust these people these people are the uh, the eyes and ears on the ground aren't they so um and what a great uh, a great cleaner who's who's gone out there and, and done above and beyond when you've got a good relationship with your cleaner then it goes to show that they will go, you know, they'll go above and beyond for you, which is cool. So when it comes down to um, the guests that you've had, has there been any memorable stories, good or bad, and and why? Um, I'm going to go for the positive ones <laughs> for for yes. first. I think the more the the memorable ones are when they are going for something very very specific. I'll I'll give an example of my arbitrage one because I think I can. I was able to see it firsthand because it was local to me. This was the one that, one of the few that wasn't far, far away. So we used to do gift baskets um, for each guest and we'd have it stocked to where our cleaner would put it out. And I remember the, at the time, the, it was her birthday and her, like the toilet, she was by herself in a, in a place that can sleep up to 12 at the time. And her, the toilet flooded. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it did. So uh, we personally went because we were the most accessible and we didn't have time. It was apparently really bad. But because it was her birthday, we brought like balloons, cupcakes, anything to kind of, you know, make her feel a little bit better. We knew that I don't think the plumbing issue was really our fault. It was just something that would happen in a normal house. Um, but meeting her kind of face to face as her host, which is not something that I get to do with my out-of-state out of guests, it was really memorable, especially she was by herself waiting for her friends to arrive. So being able to kind of talk to her, um, make her feel a little bit special, giving her balloons, a teddy bear and some cupcakes. That was a highlight of mine because I got to solve a problem, but also, um, I guess, make up for it by just by being present with them and making them feel a little bit special, which I think a lot of guests really like when they go to short-term rentals or Airbnbs. One that, one that does stand out that didn't do so well. Um, it's like when it rains, it pours. And I remember I had a guest where everything just kind of went wrong. My listing, I was changing over my uh, my channel manager and somehow I did not add an extra bed or we added an extra bed. 
um, or the channel did. I don't know, probably me. But they thought there was an extra bin and there wasn't. So they had to go and get an air mattress. And I felt terrible and mortified because I'm like, this is the last thing that should happen, you know, in an Airbnb. That's why they're here. Um, they didn't want to move. They were okay staying. Uh, but then like the fire alarm or the smoke detector started going off. Um, and it just everything that kept going wrong just went wrong. But the cool thing was because of how responsive and how we dealt with um, the situation, he still gave us five stars. And that was all nice. because we were really good hosts um, and did the best we could do to make it right for him. So I was like, oh, it turned, uh, you know, smoking or sweating bullets at the time. I was still on the newer side. Uh, but that was one where it was like, this could be really bad, but it turned out to be really good in the end. So, Hey, that's it. A- exact situation where you've demonstrated that it's not what you did or what you said is is how you made them feel at the end of the day you've responded and and you've gone out there and and done everything you can and people appreciate that they know if you're if you're trying so that's really cool so one of the questions we love to ask there'll be people who are listening to this who might be just getting started in hospitality what advice would you have for somebody who's looking to get into hospitality what should they consider and why um, if you're looking to get into hospitality at the at the root or the backbone of it, it is a people business. It's all about relationships. It's all about how you can be of help to them. And I, I realized this going from nursing into hospitality. It's funny because in a hospital setting, you know, you're you're there for a very specific reason to get better. However, there's always that sense of hospitality that you can't really get around because they're staying with you and you know you're you're looking after them in all aspects so going into hospitality it, it's even more magnified now but take away the sickness part of it you just want to make them have a good time or help them to you know feel like they're having a good time so i'm um, thinking about how they feel whenever something arises and how you can make it about them um, it's probably the best advice and it's something i always have to tell myself anytime a situation arises is that it's about them how, what can we do for them versus it's happening or it's our, it's something that I feel, you know, it's about, about the guest. <laughs> it's so Can't go important. wrong. It's so important to be guest focused, isn't it? In, in hospitality in general. Um, on the previous question, you mentioned you switched PMS and I know we people <laughs> listening to this going, ask her what PMS is, ask her which PMS. So which PMS did you switch away from and which PMS did you switch to? and why, and feel free to, to speak openly. We, we love oh, asking okay. and into the nitty gritty of the, these questions. <laughs> uh, so I'm funny in that I've used it a lot. So I started with Guesty for Host, went to Owner Res, used Hospitable in conjunction with Owner Res, and then ended that host away. So okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I will say I loved Guesty for Host, actually. It was the best one I could start with at the time. I just feel like I outgrew the functionality piece, and that's what I needed more of. Um, I really did like Onerez, um, and actually working with Hospitable was not bad at all. Um, they worked well together, and I think they both know it because there's very, very specific articles on how to work those two together. But I didn't want to have two PMS or channel managers, and that's literally the only reason why I switched to HostAway, just because I felt that was more all-encompassing, um, and it worked for the business model that I was growing into um, and having that functionality that I didn't get at first with Guesty for Host, but I had with Owner as just now I can do it in one channel manager. So that's all, that's the reason why. No, that's brilliant. And do you know what? We see this journey from hosts all the time where they start off with, you know, a few properties where they go with 
guest you for hosts or Smoobu if you're based in Europe. You know, there's there's a few ones that people tend to go to. And as your business changes, you know, you then go into different models. Your needs change and you just want these things. And there's no, we, we had actually Alex uh, Sabio on the here talking about, you know, sort of which PMS he uses. We've had um, John Ann from Tech Tape talking about PMSs. And he actually says the there's no right answer to which PMS you should go with. Because it's the first question, which PMS should I use? Well, there's no right answer. Go and try a couple. Depends on you, your business, where you're at in your journey and what you need from that particular PMS. And like you say, they can all work. It's just to what degree. So that's awesome. And I should just mention, I'm going to get in there, that we're partnered with all the ones that you mentioned. We're partnered with all of those for the website purposes. So we really get to see what they're like and understand what problems they solve at different sizes, which is cool. So um, as we get to the end of these, Stephanie, and I know we're going to be short on time for these, but I'd love to chuck in a couple of quick fire or more personal sort of questions. So just a couple of for fun. Do you prefer working from the office or from wherever, wherever you are? So do you prefer working with people in an office or just alone sort of, or, um, you know, sort of wherever you are? Um, wherever I am, <laughs> that's where I prefer. I like um, being able to work on the go and wherever I'm at. So I prefer that. And the change of scenery is also nice for me. Nice, nice. Um, if you could transform into one animal, what animal would it be and why? Ooh, my favorite is a bunny, but I want to transform into a bunny. I'd probably pick an eagle just because then I can fly and fly to different places. That's probably why. I like it. I like it. What book or movie or TV show has had a massive impact on your life, if any, and why? Um, book, I would say Your Next Five Moves um, by Patrick Bet David. And the reason why um, I really like that book is what, one of the big premises that it goes into is the entrepreneur versus the entrepreneur. And I've realized um, from the nursing standpoint and being in that sense of corporate life, you know, people in an entrepreneur or, um, yeah, entrepreneur path, they can make themselves extremely valuable to get the same benefits an entrepreneur would have. But I realized that that wasn't what I really wanted. I wanted to pretty much boss myself around and be able to call my own shots. And I was okay with that. Um, and so it helped me really solidify my leap of faith from leaving um, nursing towards, you know, entrepreneurship. So that's the book I pick. Nice. Your next five moves. I need to put that one on the audible list. So uh, I'll go and check that one out. Um, and we'd love to finish with this question. So is there a mantra or a quote that you really like to even live by or something which really uh, sticks in mind? Um, my favorite quote for me, and it's something that honestly helped get me from leaving my nine to five and going into real estate investing and entrepreneurship full time is discipline is nothing more than the habit of consistency. That really carried me throughout um, and it still does to this day. Nice. I'm going to say it one more time. Just so I've, I've got <laughs> Sorry. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one so where you have to kind of like let it soak in. Um, <laughs> discipline is nothing more than the habit of consistency. Nice. Nice. It's so important, isn't it? Because you see, um, there's a guy that I follow, um, Alex Harmozy, and he talks often. He goes, yeah, you just have to do these things. And the, the difference between going from three figures to four, uh, you know, sort of, sorry, from six figures to seven figures is you just go, do you do that same stuff, but just consistently, you know, the determination to do it consistently. So it's just so true. So thank you so much, Stephanie. I know we've gone over time from what we had planned. 
Uh, but it's really important for this next one, which is how can people get in touch with you if they want to go and find out about Laura Hosting or if they want to follow you personally, what's the best way to do so? You can either find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, my handle is my name, Stephanie Figueros. Um, or you can also find me on alorahosting.com. Thank you so much, Stephanie. So is there anything that I've missed or any questions or final thoughts before we close things off? I no, not that I can think of. This was super fun, Liam. Thank you again for having awesome. me. It's been so fun. Thank you so much for, for spending your time with us. And of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching on the live, thank you so much for putting your attention with Boosty. I know there's so many places you can put your attention and, you know, we just really thank you for putting it with us. And hopefully you've got some good uh, sort of nuggets of information from this. And I've certainly learned more about Stephanie, Alora hosting, and uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do in the future. So I'm sure we'll speak again, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, bye for now. Bye. Thank you.